Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Hops. I'm Brian, and I'm just here to give you an intro before the intro, because it turns out that we had to split this episode into two. Yes, we have finally made it to our first two-parter. I'm not going to spoil the surprise for you, but you probably read the episode summary on wherever you got your podcast, so you probably already spoiled it yourself. I'm just here before to let you know to follow us on Twitter at What the Hops, on Facebook at What the Hops, and on Instagram at What the Hops Podcast. You can also find me on Untapped at BA Merrick, and be sure to check out the Hopped Up Network. Yes, the Hopped Up Network is a website with a collection of beer-centered podcasts, including ours and others from Buffalo, as well as others from around the country and Canada. So get out there and see what the country has to offer in beer-related content when it comes to the wonderful world of podcasting. And I'm Sean. We're here to tell you about our podcast, Worst Collection Ever. And this is the show where we tell you about the worst comic book collection in existence. And it just happens to belong to us. We have some of the worst comics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're bad. They don't, Terrible. They're not worth anything. No good. Why do we Very own them? Bad. I own a number of issues of Terror, Inc. and Guy Gardner. Basically, we go around to local comic book stores and we buy everything we can out of dollar boxes. We tell you about the weird stuff in them. We tell you about stuff that's related to them. We go into tangents. And we're very uninformed, so... Oh my god, totally. But totally check out our podcast because you'll hear us just talk and joke about Marvel books and DC books from God Only Knows When. That's right. It's our show, Worst Collection Ever, every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Download, rate, subscribe, tell a friend. It'll be good and terrible, but good. And welcome, everybody, to What the Hops. I'm Brian. I'm here with Eric, Adam, Greg, and we have a guest today with us. Say hello. Hey, I'm uh, Tommy. I uh, work as a beer distributor in the uh, Western New York area here. We've got some uh, delicious beers that we're going to be tasting today. I'm excited to be on the show. Welcome. We got a full house today. Yeah. We used to work with Tommy back in the day, so now that he's working in the industry and stuff, we figured why not get him on and have some beers and just you know shoot the shit and just have a great time. Yeah, well, we'll all be able to catch up. <laughs> Reminisce some old times. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, and it's Thursday. Throwback Thursday. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So where did, where did you guys work at? We at worked at the wonderful corner of Main and Transit. Yes. Yes. And yes. What is now? My no day. free ads. No. Free <laughs> <laughs> rest rest in peace. Uh, that, that was one place I always wished I would have worked because you did. You uh, did. I was the only one who we used didn't. to. I we used a, to tell people that Greg was the over, overnight cleaner. And people, and people bought it, too. Because yeah. he'd, he'd always be out with us. So we were like, oh, you guys work, too? And he's like, yeah, I work overnights. It's like, oh, we didn't know we had anybody working overnight. It's the like, cleaner? Yeah. That place sucked. Don't let, don't let anyone fool it. <laughs> All the bonus ways. Hey, I had some good times there, though. It brought us it brought us together. Exactly. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great job. We're right before Labor Day. It is actually the last Bills preseason game about to start on the television. And 
and Thank uh, God. playing the Chi Town Bears. Yes. Yeah. Shit's about to get real with like football you say season. Bills? Because you can't say, you know, the end of the year football party thing, championship game. Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, you can't say Southern Tier can't use one Buffalo anymore, I don't believe. Seriously? Uh, yeah, I think Pagulas took that from them. They're not producing one Buffalo beer no, no, anymore. Really? I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. They, they won't be producing Yeah, because they, if, I guess there's a lot of people complaining that there's like, oh, there's no real local representation in the, in the stadium this year. They, because they don't have Southern Tier anymore. They need to make that oh, fracking wow. IPA now. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> take a, yeah, take but, a shot back at them. But Jeremy White also brought up a good thing a while ago, too. He said, like, could you imagine the Bills games if people are drinking Haybarner there? If there's, like, a big ditch stand? Like, yeah. It's already, like, a well, fight club I, I was, We were just listening on our way down to uh, the one brewery. They were saying in Atlanta they were doing uh, oh yeah we we're uh, for the, the whole season I think it was like show. six dollar craft beers yeah yeah they're, but Atlanta's they're, like super cheap anyways though I still oh, want to go there just so I can see the giant freaking yeah, if I'm not giant mistaken, freaking falcon did, outside yeah, of the they stadium did, uh, start incorporating a little bit more of the local craft scene coming into the Atlanta stadium there yeah yeah, yeah. the prices when they said I'm like wow that's you can't beat that but. I don't know how the end of the games are going to be out in the market, <laughs> sure. line, honestly. I, I'd be curious to know if they're actually like serving like uh, cans or if they're actually doing like draft pours of those, too, if the local brews are. Yeah. I don't know if other towns drink the way that we do, though, because we're kind of like animals. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably a little little classier in some stadiums like that. I mean, People we're understand still... what two beers are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's also an indoor stadium, too. I think that, yeah. might, that might play a factor. People are a little bit warm. They're a little bit more... Calm, that's relax. They don't have to booze up. You got to drink before you go in the stadium. <laughs> that's, one of the biggest, <laughs> that's one of the biggest want, fights between yeah. before uh, keeping the stadium where it is because people don't want it to move downtown because then they can't tailgate and get yeah, fucked up. You go to the casino before. instead. <laughs> yeah, well, people don't think that way, man. I do, but most of our fans probably don't even make it into the game by the end of the tailgate session anyways. That's, that's how much they paid for the tickets. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's but. what, like, Shope was saying the other day on the radio. He was at the Bison's game, and they still had KBS on tap. And he was drinking a KBS. Well, he was, they like, got the whole founder stand. Yeah, he was saying, like, you know, come on, Sabres, why don't you... But where was he at? We got a Yingling stand instead of He was the just arena. there the other day. Yeah, but how many people were at the game? Probably two. Well, it was the last uh, game I mean, of the that, season. That's probably a 2014 keg still. Dude, they're... they're, they're is that a bad uh, thing? Is up, no, that's that, they got well, well, Junior. Yeah. It was like one of the last games of the season, so they usually have a ton of people there. Um, and that's where he was like, you know, come on. Even like the Sabres. If the Sabres did that and they brought in some, some more mid-level crap beers for people to enjoy, people aren't tailgating out. Well, what were front, we paying the last, Sabres when game? we went to that uh, Tampa game? We were paying, what? Nine or 11 bucks the, or something uh, like that? Something yeah, like for uh, those, that was the 16-ounce cans too, right? Yeah, I was buying the... Yeah. They had two times IPA there. Yeah, that's what we were oh, drinking. Oh, you're talking at the... At S- the arena, the Arena, arena. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah, it was up there. I think we were paying, yeah, eleven. I think it was eleven bucks because I think it was yeah. twenty four dollars. I was cashing out. You know, but that's like that. at the, you know, at the Bison Stadium. Like on Fridays at for the happy hour, the craft beer corner, it's like five bucks or six yeah, bucks. It's, no, it's three bucks for a beer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's insane. You gotta get there, but there's two hundred fifty people in line. Yeah, Coca Cola Field. Drive. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. I they, mean, you can get a KBS for for four or five bucks. I mean, that's a steal. No, but KBS is in its own like founders. Section and they have a founder stand. The last time I was there, we did something for a work event last year during the week. It was like a Thursday afternoon game. It was in the consumers' corner right there, and they had they had KBS on tap. They you need know? that dollar. Did, did they have the whole founder stand then or no? No, because yeah. behind home plate they have like a walk-in area. 
That's I'm, just like yeah, maybe ten or eight or ten founders beers on tap now. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe they changed it up this year, but last Probably. year we were there. Fucking um, you guys ever venture into Fenway Fenway Park area? There's like, they have a they have a bar uh, right behind Home. Well, not a bar. I mean, it's like, it's like a full service restaurant, but they actually it opens up so you can look right behind home plate, watch the whole game, like sit at the bar and drink. And they that's have, like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, like a wild array of uh, of craft beers. Yeah, so. I'd, I'd where, you, where you don't even have to buy a ticket to the game. You nope, just go you sit. Just, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Actually, it's basically wow. you're part of like a bullpen, but you're like inside. Of, inside well, because the they bar. they shut down that whole street or something, right? Or is there yeah, Yawkey yeah, Way? Yeah. 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 yeah, I've been there, but it's been years since I've been there. So fuck Boston, though. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think of Boston, I think of Zidane Chara, Eric's, oh, Eric's, uh, Eric's a little bit of a Boston homer, though, because his boy Jack. Jack, 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 Jack out of this. Jack. <laughs> Captain Jack. Why? Because I like Barstool and Jack Eichel. I sound like Boston. <laughs> hey, that's that's enough for me to say that you're a Boston homer. Man, that's brutal. <laughs> you just got that label on you, dude. Got a label? We're gonna let, we're gonna let the world know, man. Dude, he wishes fuck? he didn't. He wants. He's probably like, wishes he lived in Boston. This right is coming now. from the dude that like goes and wears, wears pastels and goes listen to dance trance music for six hours. Wishes straight. he lived hey. in California and them avocado hey man, sandwiches. I'm just here to dance. <laughs> for one, what is wrong with avocados? <laughs> they don't taste they're, like anything, so I don't even know what you're eating. Hey, look, dude, it's got the it's consistency like, of baby shit. <laughs> what's on that? What's, what's on that? What's on that sandwich? Air. Like Toast, honestly, it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, like you know, it feels like a shit diaper. So, so guacamole is okay, but avocados are. No, I don't eat guacamole. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, you're not at Moe's getting that guacamole. He, he, in no, your he, bowl, dude. He, anything that matches his shirt color, he's he's yeah. gonna eat. Oh, I got this new guacamole lime shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a hint of lemon in there. Oh, it's a little extra pastel for us. <laughs> so, we just cracked open a Stillwater Action Bronson beer. Fuck, that's delicious. Uh, it's a dry hop sour ale with muskrat grapes. I thought, when, I, when I read in the store, I thought it said with muskrats in there. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm muskrat trying, to find, love, dude. trying to find some ABV and whatnot on here. That was like six? I was looking Eight, to see what it was 4. dry 5. hop. Uh, 5. 5.0 oh, 5. ABV. 0. Okay. Best before sea bottom. This was packaged on the 31st of May. So. This, is, this is a really smooth. Uh, I, this, I love the sour balance on, in this beer right now. Yeah, yeah, everything's... I wonder if, if it's aged well enough where it's kind of balanced itself out or what. Well, I, a couple of those uh, sour beers I bought back from Florida, they were like... It was almost like undrinkable. Like they got more and more sour. Really, so like, like, a, like acidic sour? Or yeah, it? like it was like, oh, like I couldn't do it. It's interesting. Florida, like, in the sun, huh? With the sort of beers that Florida's coming out with, too, if you think of like Cycle or you think of Angry Chair and a lot of the beers that those guys are brewing, I mean, a lot of those are big barrel aged stouts, so they're doing like, uh, you know, like like pastry rid- beers. So. They got to get yeah. rid of the Everglades flavor in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's, you know, if they have like a, a little bit of an advantage with the water that they're brewing. I don't know if they use like a softener or anything. They, they probably. We are just using purified water on the zone. I mean, yeah. at least Buffalo, we have really good water. Um, but supply. Yeah. I mean, we have the lake. Our pH is good in it. So you don't have to do anything really that crazy to it. Um, but you obviously, if you're trying to shape a beer, you got a profile. But. Well, it's super chlorinated, too, yeah. I think. You know, so it's easy to adjust yeah. it. And it doesn't smell like shit. <laughs> I don't know. I've been driving Depends down the... Depends on lake uh, you go to. Well, then, well then, then again, you were, Niagara, you were in the tire factory lane down there. Niagara River, Niagara River 
driving down that past that thing every it's like man it smells like freaking dry dog shit out there oh. it's gross <laughs> so being a distributor in the area mm-hmm. what have you learned how long you've been doing it i'm um, coming up on almost two years now january probably two years um before that i was uh a brand manager for a local brewery in the watkins Glen area like a finger lake brewery nice more of a boutique style um they didn't really have much distribution but i don't think that was the you know game plan from the get-go so you know on, on this end these guys are are working with some some pretty big names and most of these breweries have uh, distribution throughout throughout multiple multiple states you know upwards of 30 to 50. oh so, wow yeah. pretty cool yeah i was going to ask how how far is your reach in, in regards to yeah the, so the distribution so channel? this distributor um you know they have i think about 18 guilds across the country and one that i work for is just one of those 18 so um quite quite a big uh reach and uh you know they can they can get uh, access to, to some, some pretty great brands so um that's why i love to work for them. so what, what is your daily routine what i mean what do you do well so i uh, i'm mainly an on-premise specialist right so um i don't typically deal with off-premise whether it be wegmans or tops or targets i do have a couple of the stores that i take care of but um i drive a lot you know so my office is my car and uh you know i pretty much travel with uh, some of the accounts that i have in the city i'll travel north too um that's a lot of my territory is basically Basically, from the city all the way through uh, Grand Island and Tonawanda, uh, Youngstown, Lewiston, Newfane, uh, and then even as far as Lockport, um, which is a really uh, up-and-coming little area there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, my territory is pretty big. I think I probably scope about 600 miles a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great job. Keeps me busy, that's for sure. Um, and uh, it's exactly what I kind of set out to do. So. Nice. I mean, it'd be cool to get in some sort of way to get in the industry of beer. You know, if you like beer, getting in there somehow, get your foot in there and... You know, get to work with things you you know love to drink. I guess. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, initially that wasn't uh, the the plan. It wasn't part of the uh, the goal. I guess um, when I uh, graduated college, I ended up you know working a few uh, odd jobs, and I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I just wanted to try a few different things before I decided. You know, I, I dabbled in uh, you know customer service, but then I also went and did a little bit of graphic design work too. The entire time I was a bar manager, um, I was always enamored with uh, craft beer. I was a home brewer. Um, so one, you know, one day I kind of just woke up and I said I was going to decide to go back to school, and I went and actually and got my brewing science certification. Nice. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So and then uh, from there, you know, there's a local brewery. I know you guys have mentioned it on the show before, um, Gordon Beer's Brewery. Too, you guys have said, you know, kind of the forgotten brewery of Western New York. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought that you know, in terms of the history of Gordon Beer's and uh, everything that that brewery kind of started from and where they're at now, they had a, a, a deep history, and uh, I felt like I was. Gonna be able to learn a lot getting a job there so uh, part of the stipulation when you went through the brewing program um, I had to get an internship and I uh, had the bright idea to get a job bartending because I had that experience at a brewery and I figured the brewery wasn't going to deny me if I already worked there yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said I wanted to do the internship you know it's basically like free labor for those guys so, yeah yeah two yeah, so. one stone Exactly. I ended up, um, you know, mentoring under this awesome guy. Uh, his name was Derek Ordway. He he had so much knowledge and uh, not from the Western New York uh, area for a number of years. I mean, he, he grew up in Oswego, but I'm pretty sure he ended up moving um, out to the Midwest of like Colorado area. For Gordon Beers, do they, when they first start up, do they send a brewer here or do they hire someone from generally the area or something? Are, or? You, are you saying like, 
like when the brewery first opens. Yeah. Yeah. Usually what they'll do is they'll, you know, they can hire anybody that would be willing to relocate depending on the brewer themselves. They could, you know, pay for their relocation expenses. But, you know, most of the time they only hire guys with a, a lot of experience. You know, I know um, most of the local brewers, a lot of those guys had their experience from Gordon Beers too, which is a lot of the reason why I decided to uh, cool. pursue that route. Yeah. Do you ever think of going back into that type of uh, career again or no? You know, it's almost hard to say because uh, I really love what I do right now and it's a lot of fun. I think it's perfect for uh, who I am and, um, you know, what I'm capable of doing. Um, I would say that I'm pretty successful at it. But there's something really humbling about brewing. Um, As you guys know, I know some of you are home brewers, right? When you, you know, create a product and you're sitting at the bar and you're done with your day and you're sipping your beer that you drank, that you created, you know, and then there's somebody across the bar from you that has no idea, like, what actually went into that but they're sitting there and they really enjoy it and they look at you and yeah, they're like, it's got to be a good did you, feeling. Did you brew this? Yeah. And, you know, that, uh, yeah, that's definitely a humbling feeling and uh, definitely brings it all home. So, um, yeah, like I said, it just wasn't really initially part of the plan, but um, this company, when they were hiring, um, I knew that I, they had the portfolio that I wanted to represent. So um, that was the decision that I, you know, kind of made internally. So nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. So being a distributor, have you come across a beer that we don't have out this way that you really want to get out this way? Oh, man, yeah. I would say a, <laughs> a number of beers uh, come to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about, you know, being in uh, this particular part of the industry is that there's, you know, there's multiple distributors that are that would that would want that. Um, it's just a matter of having access to them. And, and if the breweries themselves are even willing to send it out this way, um, you know, obviously you guys know whether – a financial background that uh, most breweries uh, realize that profitability goes from coming whatever's going over the bar. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Distribution is really more so for your namesake. Kudos to all those breweries that are that are making that push to get get their name out. And there. you see a lot more of that. Well, we're just going to can and sell it at our you know breweries now. I mean, that's oh yeah, the distribution. I mean, you got to pay for that. That's you know obviously the cost and everything. Like yeah, I said, it there's seems also like- uh, in latent costs too with uh, mobile canning units. When you think about um, the fact that those guys are renting essentially, um, and then you have to make that money back before uh, you know starting to send that elsewhere. So I think it's a smart business move. I, I, I'd imagine that the majority of um, the breweries that do that will continue to do that. Yeah, you know I, they're selling a lot of beer. I, they're breweries i mean you could see some of these lines that you know you see you know on instagram or you know people waiting for hours just, wait uh, wait you have an instagram <laughs> no i'm just saying from what i see from mary Two other channels yeah, twitter has, twitter yeah whatever <laughs> like a lot there's a lot of hostility toward breweries that have been doing the canning game and doing the releases whether it be you know trillium or treehouse and you're seeing those guys uh releasing beers at six o'clock in the morning and they have a two hour long wait but you know i did it um i went i went to those breweries i definitely uh, sat in that two hour line and uh just to say that i tried the beer and uh you know i had to experience it for myself um you know so the, the people that are out there and they're they're you know going through that experience themselves you know it's worth it at least to try it one time i would say um but once you try the beer, you know, uh, if you really like it that much and you want to wait another two hours in line, <laughs> by all means. We discuss on doing some of this sometimes. Speaking. We haven't done it yet, but we probably will eventually. You know, I mean, going to certain breweries and I wouldn't you know, mind doing that adventure. Like a, bring like a Buffalo Bills tailgate to a two-hour long uh, couple sure. of <laughs> a couple tables. See how, see how that, see how start start messing some shit up on these things. <laughs> One brewery that we've been going to the past couple of weeks, Greg and I, Mortalis Brewery, that just opened up just up. Yeah. Outside of, yeah, 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 just outside of Rochester. 
blockbuster. It's definitely oh, definitely yeah. worth the hype, man. Yeah. Like we are excited. We're actually going to go out on Saturday yeah, to uh, say this will be our third time there. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, that's how that's how good it is. Really? I, I can't. Oh, I, I got that frequent yeah, fire. Away. Yeah, yeah they just released today their golden stout brewed with coffee and graham, uh, golden grams. Golden grams? I think yes. I saw on a little yes. Instagram post about that. Yeah, yes. they, uh, no, they've been doing some really good stuff out there. And with them being like 20 minutes, I think you said, what was it, 20 minutes away from where the new other half, other half will be. location yeah. is going to be? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yep. They definitely have to step their game up. And yeah, it's sure. something It's something that yeah, hopefully... I think that's absolutely true. You know, I think with, especially with local brewers, um, I would say that if they're only 20 minutes away from that other half, you know, other half competition breeds success you know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah uh, i mean you you have to i mean it's going to fuel the fire in that yeah, area I'm, 100%. Telling you. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a competitive person at nature so i you know i i'm all for it definitely a big advocate well it's good that they're there now when they're building a name for themselves before other half finally comes in you know puts I mean, dirt in the ground and gets the building up mm-hmm. and running that they can they can be going for a year or so yeah and establish a name for themselves and have a good product to where people are not only going for other half but they're going for yeah, hey, if you're out in that area, you might as well stop there, you know. It's, yeah, there's it's, no, nobody telling you you can't have both, you know. No, you yeah. can't. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a little exciting that we'll have something close develop lines like that. Because right now, we don't really have, like, we have a great scene here, but we don't have a beer line scene. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, people aren't waiting at 6 o'clock in the morning and stuff. And not saying that I'm going to, but I probably would once or twice just to kind of check it out. Well, yeah. Especially if it's when, something that's, When you see those you know, other half uh, can releases that they've decided to do here in the city, and, and they are getting those lines, you know, so um, it's incredible to see that there's so much support out there, but yet, you know, we have like you said, have have a local brewery that's doing the exact same thing. I, I do think that we're on the cusp of it, and I don't I don't foresee it not being possible. I do believe um, many of the local brewers are more than capable and talented. Going out to I went out to the uh, community beer works space again last night. That's definitely one place that I can see the potential of it coming. Once they start canning there, once they start doing what they need to do, it's definitely something that they have the potential to do. They definitely have their namesake down right now in the area. Um, They're the original, those two. Well, no, I guess not the original, but well, the flying buys, I mean, they're the ones that like really kicked they, off. They kick-started this new beer revolution again, and we've mm-hmm. we've and mentioned it. Like we've old, mentioned it multiple times yeah. on the podcast about that. That's it's, it's always a great thing to talk about. Tommy, have you ever been downstate at all to kind of experience other half and some of the big name players down in the city yeah like it's kind of interesting because um you see like there's a huge trend you know like you said uh, as the further you get downstate um you're getting closer to the new york city area um you know right now there's a lot of access to those those city breweries whether it be uh, barrier from oceanside or threes brewing out of brooklyn right um you know some of these guys are creating quite a name for themselves and uh you know even in the hudson valley area or like the further you get closer that way you're seeing you know sloop brewing um now obviously See, like those guys have a really limited ability to distro, but like I said, just the same amount of hype. So yeah, we see a lot of barrier up here between you know Premier. Yeah. You can go there at any given time, and there's at least four and, to and five multiple, multiple different styles week. too. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, that Mortalis brewery that you guys were mentioning too for 
uh, Avon, they uh, don't brew the same beer twice sort of thing? Or From what the brewer was saying, their, their goal is once they're out of something, you're probably not going to see that again. Yeah, I um, imagine that probably keeps it pretty fresh they're, keeps everybody interested. They have a sour IPA and a milkshake IPA base that they plan on doing a different style of it every single time that Very runs cool. out. Yeah. Um, and then even their base IPA, they're planning on doing... Uh, they just ran out of their catapult, which is one of their base yeah, IPAs that yeah. they had, which was Citra this time around. Which to me, yeah, was that was your favorite. That, like, that was your favorite. It, it was there. it was an awesome beer. Yeah. Now, do you guys know if their their uh, sour IPA is that lactose based? Is it, were they pitching any like milk sugar or anything like that into it? I believe a little bit. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't overwhelming though. They okay. actually balanced it out with more vanilla. Actually, oh, we got to try the try vanilla. The vanilla. <laughs> you have to try it without, you know, the vanilla gives it, you know, like the creaminess and yeah, it was it was a different like it was well balanced. <laughs> yeah, they let us they let us try it. They gave us a little sample of the the base without like any of the fruit that they added yes. to it. Yeah, and just it's such a smooth, great. still creamy, but like and vanilla wasn't overpowering. It's just a little lightness in there mm-hmm. that just. Yeah, a lot of those milkshake IPAs yeah. I'm noticing too, are they're obviously you know using whether it uh, be additives of you know fruit and vanilla, but yeah, um, it seems to go well in terms of the mouthfeel, uh, makes the beer a little bit more palatable. Yeah, some of the ones that recently that I've had with the lactose is, is some of them are kind of too sweet for me. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're putting too much lactose and sweetener in there that it's like that's uh, that's not it's not balanced as well, and it's kind of overpowering. Honestly, sometimes it's not always welcome. Um, I would say it has a lot to do with your grain bill. Um, you know, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of the brewers uh, nowadays, especially if they're playing with the lactose, some might play with like a honey malt uh, or Caramunic or something like that. But it's not, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily always have to um, go inside, I guess. Um, it's definitely a new style that I'd be interested to see where it goes from here. Um, you know, IPAs have been out now since at least I've been drinking them since, you know, pretty much 2010. <laughs> right? yeah. So now milkshake IPAs, I can I can really only recall the first one I had probably within the past couple of years yeah definitely right. well they also like throw out the rules now for brewing i mean it's not just your base of like two row or six row anymore i mean you, you don't say they're not following ryan heights yeah. anymore is what yeah. you're saying uh, <laughs> <laughs> all that crap i don't know i walked down the german section today at premiere i'm like oh shit there is some i almost got one of uh the yeah. smoke beers that's like yeah it's my shit right there hell yeah so i'm like ah the, the marzen's out they have the there's some other one out now too well, you guys are going to start to see uh, a little bit of uh, distribution from Von Trapp Brewing, too. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the brewery out there in uh, Stowe, Vermont. But, um, yeah, those guys are definitely like a, almost like a you know German lager house. And uh, they've uh, got a lot of recognition just because of the area that they're in. Yeah. You know, obviously, we're seeing distro with uh, Alchemist, too. So Yeah, I think I saw that area. Von Trapp just hit Premiere, maybe. or We just, we just poured. It tastes like going to Cone King or something like that. <laughs> yeah. See, this, this is on the when, sweeter side for when me. When we went out to uh mortalis we took a ride out to fifth frame last week and they had a can release and one of the cans that they had was the beer that we just poured it is a cherry crumble sunday ipa it is seven percent abv and fifth frames from rochester that's like straight up dessert beer. yeah yeah it's, it's, <laughs> so. it's, it's uh definitely got that it's got a lot of sweetness to it yes it does and that's that's the one thing about this style is that's like a pastry beer mixed with uh, hops. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, very very interesting. You got any no. pow- you got any powdered sugar? <laughs> There's not really <laughs> a ton of regular sugar. You want some? It's over the brewing stuff. Can't really get a lot of the hops on it either. You get you yeah. get the aromatics of it though. Yeah, I mean, but that's 
Man, what's the uh, ABV on something like this? Like this seven? is seven. Seven percent. I'm yeah. actually surprised it's not higher because it almost tastes like they're actually, you know, utilizing icing. You know, yeah, and that, like you know, all the residual sugars that are going to be inside of icing. You'd be surprised that that would turn into like, like uh, sprinkles, right? Like, yeah, sprinkles, Just straight sugar. Throw some of that uh, Pillsbury freaking frosting in there a little glass. bit. Put a little yeah, right there, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's like drink. I feel like I'm drinking a Jenny with my grandma in this glass. Right? Put a scoop of ice cream <laughs> in there and have one. A, have a root beer or have a beer float. Yeah, like I said, this is on the sweeter side for me, which I just grabbed. It was uh, the, the sweetness is overpowering everything else. Yeah. Really, you know, you get the chocolate in there, but it's not. It's it's <coughs> the sweetness can't, can't is just that. front right there in your face. You know, I, I I like some balance in there between everything. You know. I mean, it's an interesting take on, on the style. Not what I typically want to right. see. I'm down with this. I'd be down. I, I don't think, want to drink four of them, but... I think Shannon might like this. Yeah. yeah. Is this the DKML we're drinking? <laughs> a couple in there. <laughs> what, you, that, age, you aging those? I'm, I'm ready for uh, the slime season coming up. <laughs> Do you see a state that's kind of under the radar or like underrated when it comes to their beer production and that one that's kind of up and coming you know if, if i if i probably had to say um you know anybody in terms of how about just uh the recognition that they're probably going to get pretty soon for beers and let alone also uh, the consumption of all the uh, products that are coming in and out i would probably say pennsylvania um i think you're seeing a lot of stuff from philly pittsburgh you know those are those are pretty booming cities and i would say that their access to certain things whether it be you know coming out of monk's cafe over there the owners of that bar um have connections that most people in this area probably uh aren't getting their hands on any Pliny the elder anytime soon so. yeah no yeah. we're not <laughs> it would be I, nice I if we did we had it what did we have like a month ago and for all the hype i'd rather drink bells too hard well, that's interesting that you say that because Zimmergy Magazine says the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it just beat out Pliny the Elder. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 number yeah, one spot two years in a row. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we actually think we brought that up on the episode too. But I mean, like when I had, I'm like, this is what everyone goes crazy for. Like, it's, I, it's crazy because you don't see that that type of you know you're thinking of the IPA. You right. know, and that's not a that's kind of on a back of everyone's mind now to how what's being brewed and. It's nice to go back to all that other stuff that you yeah. forget, and it's like, wow, historically you standard double IPA. This is a nice, I, this is I enjoyed nice, it. I enjoyed crispy, it though. refreshing. Yeah, you know, you really you know, like my first uh, pint of Planet of the Elder. I, I ventured out to Colorado, and uh, so there's actually, it's a lot of people might not know this, but so that that beer is only poured at a, a number of bars across the country. Uh, Monk's Cafe is the number one craft beer bar. This is voted by Pace Magazine, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Pace Magazine votes Monk's Cafe as the number one craft beer bar in America. And the second one is Falling Rock, which is out of uh, Denver, Colorado, right in downtown. As soon as you come in from the airport, take a short trip right into the city. And it's like in between where the Great Divide is out there. Um, Epic Brewing is out there. Yeah. And so it was like Breckenridge. And like right in the middle of those three breweries, this is this amazing craft beer bar that has over almost 100 draft lines. And they have cask beer available. And uh, those two places have Pliny on tap almost at all times. And then, uh, you know, obviously, if you go out to uh, the northwest over that way, you're going to see Pliny on tap at the bar. Well, it looks like I have a place that I'm definitely stopping by when I go visit my brother in Denver. Have fun, Dick. Write it down. 
take a lot of pictures. Just yeah. go to the left hand and get some nitro stuff. <laughs> Dude, I want to go to Nitro Fest one of these years. Oh man, they do you know left hand. Left hand does a Nitro Fest. I think every November. Have you guys tried some of the latest releases from Left Hand? They just had a Black Current. Yeah, we had we had a Black Current. They had it stocked at Premier Gun today. They're going to be releasing a blonde ale with raspberries and nitro as well. Nice. The the chai was it chai stout? That they did. That was that was pretty good. It was flavor was there. It was a little light, but overall, like it was it was it wasn't bad. Yeah, I think Anderson Valley's got a chai um, solstice out right now as well. Yeah, I'm sure sure Eric would love that. (laughs) (laughs) I when I hit, I get really angry about stuff and I don't let it go. (laughs) So first time I've had Anderson Valley beers. The the two ones that I had, they were. Two of the five worst beers I've ever had. What? Wow. The this was really good, though. The Hop Odd IP was horrible. And then there was some brown ale beer that I had. I'm like, these are horrible. But their Gozes are really good. Their Gozes are good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're definitely known for those kettle sours, and they're pretty much not good. <laughs> yeah. Anderson Valley is one of the only, uh, if I'm not saying this wrong, they're the brewery in the country that's uh, it's like 80% solar power. Yeah. I have seen that. Isn't, I want to say, um, isn't Sierra Nevada trying to do that too? I believe so. Maybe the second location yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. So, would you like to bust out any of the goodies that you brought us? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, guys. Are you looking to do probably another IPA? Don't matter. Just, we, we are equal yeah, opportunity. We, we, we bounce around as much as we want. <laughs> right. We go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And then back again. Nice. We'll stick with the New York area, and we'll try this Tears of Green here. So, guys, I uh, interesting enough, um, a lot of the beers that I brought, um, I tried to make it so that, um, you're, like, I you know listen to the show a little bit here and there, and uh, throughout the few episodes that I've listened to, obviously, I know that you guys are big fans of New England IPAs, um, and I, you know, Captain Lawrence is a brewery that we represent that uh, does really well for us in terms of some of the different releases that they have. Um, most recently, you're going to see around town Powder Dreams. Yep. This one here that I have in my hand is Tears of Green. You know, they've had Galactic frog out to and uh you know some of these beers that they're releasing they're just knocking out of the park whether it's with uh, citra lupulin powder yeah um, some yeah of these, but is a uh, orbital tilt orbital tilt yeah, the other one yeah and that's and actually like a I said, top rotator too. yeah it's cool yeah. because you get this same base with that but you're it's different hops I'll say the, the powder out with powder it. dreams out right now is what citra well, and fix secret yeah the new stuff citra that they're lupulin doing powder and yeah, the, the powders now i mean i i'm not going to start using them anytime soon but they seem to be There's like you, you can use less and get a shit ton more hops out of it. I we had this I, I I can't remember but I think it was you know last year sometime and I wanted to go back to this one just because it was one of the earlier ones that I had to drink. Do they change up the yeah, hops but you don't with have this to order one as well? So that's yeah. why you're not drinking it. Uh, Tears of Green, I don't believe so. No, um, so this is one of their uh, staple releases. Okay, uh, we'll so this everything. one's the same every time. Yep, seven and a half percent. Uh, right. This is actually uh, dry hop, uh, dry hop with matuka and citra as nice. well. So matuka is one of the one of those New Zealand hops too that are very popular right now. Get some citrus and lime with the matuka. That's like two different flavors, right? I mean, like you smell one thing and you taste something totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that I get like on the nose, I'm getting more like uh, southern fruits, whether it be like uh, tangerine, lime yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, once you taste it, I get it's more melony, has a little bit of a sweetness to it. It's really balanced and smooth though. So, <laughs> Something you guys should also know, too, that this can has actually been sitting in my fridge for uh, looking at, let's see here, I think over a month and a half. So it's not actually all that fresh, but uh, I'm not sure that you'd be able to really tell. Sure. I was going to say, you yeah. can kind of, you can tell what mellowed out yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I like um, the finish. It finishes smooth. It's, it's, it's a lot smoother than 
I the last time I remember having it. Mm-hmm. Could spell trouble if you had a couple of these. Yeah, as most of right now, tasting really good right now. That's yeah, the one going down. Pretty sneaks smooth. up on you really quick. That's the whole point of the New England IPA craze, man. So, I drank like I drank like four somewhere between four and six of the Sam New England ones in the casino, and it was like you walked, you walked out of there. It was like, like boom. It was like a beer fest when you put the bottle of Goldschlager down. I was like woo. <laughs> <laughs> Then you hit that crap table. I could have yodeled. No, I stayed away from the craps. I didn't have that money. I'm going to get like a white grape kind of uh, back finish to this too. Yeah. Berry. A little bit of berry. Well, that's a lot of New, New, uh, New Zealand, I feel like, in mm-hmm. the Australian ones. You get kind of that whiny kind of uh, taste to it. Yeah, like I like it when breweries start to play around with uh, hops that aren't necessarily mainstream. You know, obviously the number one and number two hops are probably going to be Citra and Mosaic with most yeah. of those New England style IPAs that are coming out now. Um, Galaxy too. Galaxy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Galaxy is a good supporting hop. It's not the, the good star hop. Yeah, it's you know when uh, when I first got into IPAs and people started playing around with more, I started realizing that I was like, oh man, I really like Amarillo and I really like uh, you know whether it be Galaxy or, or um, you know Simcoe is Simcoe, one I used to yeah. like a lot. Simcoe, I always, uh, like when we would brew with that, I always like to crush it up in my hands because before you actually pitch it for dry hopping, it always smelled like really resinous. Yeah. Locally, West Shore actually has a uh, collab with Brickyard. Yeah. Brewing coming out. I think so. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Using what? Uh, Galaxy and Hollertoe Blanc. I believe I so. That's what they they just posted something on Facebook. So Woodcock the other day. Brothers released uh, one of their XPAs had Hollertoe Blanc in it, and that was one of the best ones I remember trying. I was very. Do you remember what number that was? I want to say it was ten or eleven. Going back to how Mortalis has some great uh, base beers, Resurgence Base Kettle Sour. To me, like that's probably one of the better the ke- better kettle sours in the area. If they start playing with that more and more, you know? yeah, it's it's interesting because um, you know, when the the Buffalo market is not necessarily uh, you know so sour heavy yet, not, at least not as as centric as I'll say. Do you spots, do you but. see do you see trends from other areas that you're like? I wonder why we're not really hitting that yet, or do you see us going towards certain trends? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I always see Buffalo trending toward um, the next big thing. It's just a matter of I have no idea how to time it. <laughs> you know, uh, the people of Buffalo are, are pretty interesting because we're almost unpredictable. Um, I, you know, the reason I'm even bringing up that with the sours, I had a, a friend of mine uh, that just reached out to me the other day, and obviously he knows my line of work, and he, and he, and he said, "Hey, he's like, you know, I." I want to like sours, but I just don't, and it's almost hard for me to consider them a beer. He tells me, and it was almost—it's interesting for me to hear that because coming from Gordon Beerish, and you know of you know Lipzig, and you know of you know like uh, the Goza River, and um, you know the history behind Gozas, those date back to the m- medieval ages, pretty much. So um, the history behind those beers are, can date back more than most others ones that are popular today. So. Mm. Um, so I, you know, tried to explain that to him, but, you know, I would say that that's almost like a general consensus and I hope that I'm not speaking on behalf of all of Buffalonians because obviously like I'm a Buffalonian, I love sours, <laughs> but, um, you know, the general public, I would hope that they start, uh, doing a little bit research and they'll start trying, trying some things out and be a little bit more open-minded with their palate. There's, it's a weird line because you get a lot of the old school guys who are like, I don't like these 
fake quote unquote fake sours like kettle sours or gozas or anything like that sure. because they're like well it's not you know i'd rather have this wild fermentation i'd rather have this traditional open barrel oh, sour american wild and lambic you know fun waiting though for like, like yeah. people Six look at people look and it's like well if this isn't how it was done how the monks made these sours then i don't really want to kind of really get into it too much and it's like well it's just a matter of doing the research, I guess. So it's really interesting that um, everybody uses the Google machine now. But um, there are uh, one of the things that I told my friend when he texted me this was there's an app that you can actually download, and it's uh, called BJCP. Um, it's basically an abbreviation for Beer Judge Certification Program. So this is exactly what any um, professional beer judge will actually use in terms of what he needs to use to uh, style his guidelines when he's judging a beer, and um, it's you know totally free, um, and it basically breaks it's an encyclopedia for beer it'll break down every every style that's available and uh, I have it on my phone here it yeah, kind of so. gives you like flavor profiles yeah of- so it'll, it'll literally break down every beer that's available um, mm-hmm. any beer that's pretty much ever been made and like so if even I'm clicking on a check you know check beer right now or check lager um, and you know you can it'll break it down into pale lager a premium pale amber dark sort of thing and it's going to give you all of your you know the overall impression aroma appearance flavor mouthfeel and even history so that's the whole section that I was kind of getting get at there and so like it'll tell you exactly where the beer was derived from and um it kind of just you know is eye-opening for most people and what was the app again it's called bjcp so it's just an abbreviation for beer judge certification program um but yeah bjcp i highly recommend it to anybody that really wants to start taking their beer judging seriously (laughs) oh that's actually that's pretty cool though too because then this way even if you're just sitting there and you're not sure if the beer that you're having is supposed to taste the way it is then you can <laughs> take a look and be like, all right, well, if this is how I'm supposed, if this is what the traditional flavor and traditional style is supposed to be, and I'm not tasting that at all, maybe this beer isn't quite what it says it right. is, you know? Right. Absolutely true. And, you know, um, that's why. Um, you know, sticking to historically styled guidelines isn't necessarily what's popular or the standard today, but yeah. at least at the very least, you can know what was uh, the originator, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, most of these brewers nowadays are mad scientists and more power to them. Like, absolutely play with it. They're, you know, chefs of uh, of malt and yeast and water and hops. How do you feel about, like, so you, you said you've been drinking IPAs for what we going on, maybe eight years now. So, how do you feel about the beers that you fell in love with that long ago and the breweries like i mean dogfish was one that we loved you know southern tier grew up drinking yeah and now it's just like you drink stuff now it's like different taste i mean i mean dogfish was the first like real experimental one that we could get around here yeah absolutely um you know uh when i remember some of the original ipas i had was like stone stone brewing's mm-hmm. west coast yeah. ipa and like if you gave that to a, a beer drinker nowadays it's you know 21 22 years old and he says that he loves craft <laughs> beer and he's getting into it and it's a bitter bomb i can yeah i can make a, a fair judgment and say that he's probably never had it um <laughs> and if he did have it he would probably say that he, you know he doesn't like west coast style ipas and it's you know like if, as long as he's drinking craft beer i want him to like continue drinking regardless um but you know be open-minded and uh and start uh you know doing a little bit more research and like man these guys are trendsetters you know don't let a lot of those breweries that you know started this trend for everybody you know fall by the wayside uh, I mean, without them we wouldn't be do where you we think it's yet. eventually going to go back to maybe kind of doing a twist on some of these west coast i know you see some now but mm. do you think this is going to fade i don't 
I don't. <laughs> um, you know, I, and the reason being is because um, the craft beer industry has boomed so much. And, you know, we saw, I want to say it was probably, what, 2008 to 2010, you saw like an 18% growth of the market share, right? So We started getting breweries that were coming in, the top producers. You get Sam Adams and yep. you get uh, Sierra Nevada and you get, well, I forgot the other couple of the other big ones that would start competing with, you know, quote unquote, the big boys. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to match what Anheuser-Busch does, but enough that you can break into a mold where, hey, we're here. Yeah, we're enough barrels a year out. Then they, you know, they really started making a name for themselves, and um, but it was interesting because you saw that huge eighteen percent growth, and then it was twelve, and then it was six, and then three, and then you know it's got smaller and smaller, and uh, you know whether a lot of that is you know because of uh, you know combinations of breweries deciding to um, you know correlate, or or if it just was because you know people. Just kept drinking the same same thing from the same brewery, um, but now there's over 6,300 craft breweries in America. That's and insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of in, it's kind of insane. So yeah, um, pre-prohibition, just to give you guys a little bit of information, pre-prohibition there was about 5,000. So that means we already surpassed what was happening pre-prohibition. Wow. And, and here, that's you know German Czech recipes. And here's here's the part that is actually even even more alarming. Pre-prohibition was still consuming more beer than we are today. What? <laughs> really? And, and we have over 1,500 more breweries than they had. Holy cow. So talk about sharing the love. You know, it's absolutely uh, necessary for us to be drinking beer. <laughs> sure. So. It doesn't It doesn't necessarily surprise me. You figure a lot of people, especially pre-prohibition, they were just like... They didn't care about DWIs. They were walking a horse wasn't going to crash into a wall. I mean you're not really you're not even counting any of the kind of the, the moonshine and distilleries and everything else no, absolutely not. <laughs> that was going on out there too. That yeah. legally operating. <laughs> <laughs> so those are some alarming statistics and absolutely um, I'm just an advocate for anybody that's willing to just get into the craft beer scene now, whether it be they want to drink New England IPAs, they want to drink West Coast styles, they want to drink lagers, you know, only stouts, pastry beers. Just you name it, get into it. Do you see? Do you see a style that's like not really distributed in this area? That's on the up and coming that we haven't really seen yet. I would say that what is behind the curve with Buffalo is lager beer. You know, if you go to San Diego, if you go to Colorado specifically, um, you see a huge trend toward craft lagers, um, whether it be IPLs or just be like straight up Czech Pilsners. Um, you know, those light lager beers that, um, you know, the domestic beer lover um, is enamored with, like the people in the craft scene in Buffalo specifically just have not latched onto that. And I, I want to say it, it probably has a lot to do with the uh, inability to recognize how much more hard work goes into brewing a lager beer. Yeah, we've oh, been getting into... With uh, Threes, Threes Brewing, threes brewing for yes. That's... Number one, I'm, number one rated pilsner in, yeah, on the market. When it's when we when we got really it good. when we got it for the first time, that's one of the first beers in a long time that like kind of opened my eyes, being like, "Damn, like I will go back to the store and buy this again." That's wonderful. It's a beer, though. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful had it a bunch of times because know. it's just something that we it, you haven't had in a while in a style that people aren't really doing right now right. that we're not maybe maybe you're getting it somewhere else in the country but it's but turnaround here, time though too I mean yeah. same thing with John when we talked at uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Brewing Company like it's 
turnaround. You're going to spend six weeks versus, you know, yeah. two weeks, week and a half, you can kick out some of these beers in now. If you have a facility big enough to be able to brew that consistently, yeah. then that's well, great. Well, they're going to take and the temperature and... Yeah, the three heads, though. It opened threes. Three. Threes. Threes, sorry. <laughs> three heads a different place. <laughs> yeah. Threes. We, uh, when he got that... Uh, the valet for the first time it's like all right now let me try some more of these that oh, yeah, we can get leaders, yeah. around in yeah. the area just because yeah it's, it was like, really did good you guys ever read that bit so um how was it was it a uh, beer magazine maybe released a uh, blind taste test of the you know all of the available yeah. pills and, and yeah, three, yeah threes was up there too <laughs> yeah. threes yeah. was number one yeah. and uh, i think you know firestone lager was up there and, and that, let's talk about a testament to a brewery that's been around for a long time firestone lager um i remember drinking firestone pivo pilsner and i remember falling in love with that beer just because i love hoppy beers and then i also love lagers because they're easy drinking and you can yeah. count a few of them you know and uh that was one of the beers that i always said this would always be my go-to and uh when they came out with lager and you know eyebrows raised sort of thing i was like well what's going to happen to pivo pills and uh it's interesting because those beers yeah both of them are lager beers but i'm telling you they are two completely different beers huh. altogether. I, I think with with me with lagers too. I someone brings it over, I'm going to drink them. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like if I if I walk in a premiere, do I want to spend five bucks on that, or do I want to go and spend five bucks on this? Because I can spend five bucks, or if I can spend fifteen bucks and get thirty rack of Johnny Light if I want. I'm it's, Brian opened up my eyes to going back. Like when I see that pilsner now, I'm like, let me take a look at that again. But yeah, it's the association. I mean, you think lager, you think boring plain beer. Yep. Yeah, that's and, exactly. and I think a lot of people do look at it the way you do, where it's like, well. I'd rather I know if I spend the seven dollars or six five five to seven dollars a can spend the money, you might I'm gonna spend get it on, right? I'm gonna get a double IPA I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get that you know I'm not gonna spend it on a can of a lager right. but why not if it's a great beer it's a great beer it doesn't matter what the hell style it is yeah no I agree <laughs> you know it, that valet opened up the eyes and when you come over with a, a pilsner I'm like I'm down you know because it's like getting back to that <laughs> and beer, it just opened like, us up to threes in general as yeah. a brewery that you can respect <laughs> you know so anytime I see them coming out with something I'm going to buy a can of anything that they have well I'll tell you what's awesome too is a lot of those magazines they also just released a uh, you know the top 324 uh, best uh, IPAs in the market, and Threes is also on that list with a beer called Logical Conclusion that comes in at number 27 out of 324 in the country. I think that's extremely impressive to have one of the best pilsners and one of the best IPAs yeah. available. Wow. Yeah. And they're only what three, four years old, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they haven't been doing it too long. Yeah, I mean it's and that's, I think that's what excites me about the whole Mortalis thing. Your, your nipples are getting hard. <laughs> I can't help it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was that uh, milkshake IPA, man. <laughs> too much lactose. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting to see a brewery and like walk in for the first time and just be kind of blown away by majority of their beers that you're just like. Yeah, I can't even. All right, we, I, the, the sky is the limit, really, yeah. in your eyes. All their base hopefully stuff that's is what on it goes. with whatever they do yeah. with it. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. I yeah, hope so, so. So, guys, I just cracked open a uh, main beer company's Woods and Waters. So, you guys are going to see this around town a little bit, too. Uh, whether so it's a couple of your bottle shops or uh, even on tap, too, you'll see uh, yeah. some of the mainstays. But yeah, we, we picked this, this is, up a couple this times. Is, this is it, my favorite. This is my favorite, yeah. yes. One of, the, one of the first things I noticed as soon as I started pouring this beer is... Wow, look at the carbonation on that. Like the lacing on that glass is perfect. And mm -hmm. man, like they just 
really know how to make that beer shine. And uh, it looks pretty in the glass, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, main brewing, for as simple as they are with, like, what, brewing maybe, what, 12 to 15 different beers, and that's Is really it. I thought it was, like, eight. You know, like, they don't brew too many different styles of beers, but what they do, I haven't had a terrible one from them. Yeah, I've, so. ne- I've never had a beer that... Um, wasn't uh, top rated for me pretty much. Yeah, like I, Do they, yeah. They, when I first had this, I think we drank this earlier this year. Yeah, I and think they, we first started getting distribution of it, like maybe beginning of the year, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. This was the first year I tried Woods and Waters. I've had lunch. Um, yeah. Yep. Mo uh, was probably my first mean um, beer that I think I've ever had. And I was just like, they're, they're pale ale. Uh, mean old Tom was pretty decent too. Stout, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as I was going to ask, like, do they just primarily do pales and, and IPAs, or do they actually brew, you know, Browns and, and stouts and porters and stuff like, like that? I said, I'm you, sure there's more available yeah, once you go yeah, to the brewery. But I had the first stout when you brought you brought that one. One over. of these one of these days, so one of these years, I'll have to make a trip out to the brewery and get some dinner. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that, was, that is a that is a beer from Maine that I've never had before. So yeah. that's definitely something that is. I think, I, think they, <laughs> I think they just had a release or have a release coming up that for it. Yeah. Um, but they do it every what couple of months and. Yeah. It's a commemoration uh, to celebrate like the best season of hop harvesting. You know. Yeah. <laughs> for a New England like the Vermont New Hampshire main area like you had a lot of hype from a lot of breweries and they kind of just sit back and they're just like we're gonna just do our thing get our bottles out to people and <laughs> they haven't been disappointed you by can't it. go wrong like when we first had this i mean this thing is it's crisp it's yeah. slight bitterness got a, like a sweet grassy hayness to it i mean it's it's so balanced on, on the nose too it's almost dank you know yeah yeah, yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, kudos to them, too, because they produce X number of beers, and it's the same recipe every time. So you but can you have this now, and you can have it a year from now. You can't go wrong it's going to be the same the same thing that you had. But it's and also that, like an all-around. You, you can you drink this beer at any time of the year, too, and it's still right. it's going to yeah. go good no this matter is, what. Yeah, yeah. This, you could drink this. This is refreshing when it's hot. This is, yeah. you know, it's it's all around. This is something I would love here in a Bills game, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. As long as I'm at home. <laughs> Speaking of that, that honor already? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah they're they're not, your beers are uh, beating up pretty good on us. Oh, right? perfect. Glad to see Mitch Trubisky is uh, <laughs> putting a stop into him. No, it's not even him. It's like, <laughs> like, like he's up playing? in the press box. Yeah, yeah, he's not even playing. I thought I saw, I saw, I thought I saw Bray getting some. I thought it was Jake Culler. Jake Culler's out there. He's too handsome to play. I think that's no, they brought back Jimmy Mack. If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Kathy. And we are Women Drinking Beer. We drink beer, review them, and tell you about them so you can approach a beer list with confidence. As part of the Hopped Up Network, we covered Twin Cities, beer scene, along with other favorites, as well as interviews with women in the beer industry. We upload weekly to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. We can be found drinking beer daily on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Women Drinking Beer and look for the kiss mark on the bottle cap. So if you enjoy beer or nerdy gals or both, we encourage you to taste along with us and come have a beer with us. Come have a beer with us. 